Hello and welcome back to You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we have Sarah on, who is a doctor. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, thank you. Yeah, good. Good. Not too bad. Thank you. Good. So do you want to tell our listeners what you actually do, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, you've given it away. I am a doctor (laughs) and I'm currently working in the NHS. I am a GP trainee. That's a general practice trainee. So the sort of doctor that you may call up and see on an everyday basis your family doctor and also I work in sports medicine as a rugby doctor alongside that because I'm a sucker for pain I run a Instagram page called the gym medic and through that I kind of share health and well-being tips stuff about burnout and about injury prevention amongst the regular joes that exercise fair enough and I think one of the big questions that everyone or I'd like to know is, is why doctor that is a long process before you even get started really so how did you get to that point of making that decision? It is a long process, isn't it? And actually, it's only when you look back that you realise, gosh, it's been a while. I think for me, the process started when I was about 14 to 16 years old. Kind of at that point, you think about your A-levels and what you're going to take and what you need for going down the route of medicine. So that's really where my journey to specifically going down the medicine route started. Uh, and then after that, once you've applied, you end up at med school, which is at least five years. Um, and that's if you just go straight in, plus an extra year if you want to do a master's. Um, and then after that, it just keeps going. So you have your foundation years, your foundation year one and two, where you'll be pleased to know you start getting paid. Um, and then after that, you go on to do other further future training programs. So that's for me, I've chosen GP, which actually is one of the shorter programs. It's only a three year training program. So after that, I'm kind of I've done most of my exams and it'll only be minor things from then on. My God, so it's it's a lot of learning then. It really is. It it keeps going because even though you've got no exams, they update guidelines, they update quality of care, um, rules, etc. So you have to keep learning and keep up to date. New systems, every job, it it is a constant learning process and it constantly keeps your brain working, definitely. So with a lot of learning, what was school like for you? Were you a good student? What did you like most at school? Yeah, I would say I was I was quite a goody two shoes. I hate to admit it at school. <laughs> I hate to admit it. Um, I've definitely become a bit more like laid back as I've got older, and all my friends laugh about it now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was quite diligent. Was a word you used a lot. I think um, I, I got a scholarship to a boarding school, um, so I think that meant that I really, really respected the kind of. Um, opportunity that I'd been given to go there and so I really wanted to make the most out of it so I worked really hard and I look back at when you you know when you find your notes in your cupboards at home many years down the line I was like wow I worked quite hard (laughs) but no I did work hard and I think it, it it goes to say with whatever career you choose whether it's medicine which is academically reasonably hard to get into or whether it's something else like for instance an art degree you've got to commit to it and put in the, the time um and effort so I think Though my kind of, it is a long process and it's a lot of hard work from a science point of view. I can't say that it's any, any more difficult than other jobs because actually you still got to commit to it to be good at it. So the, is that only one route as to becoming a doctor? Is it down the uni route and then the further education route? Or could you go in as maybe a nurse and work your way to a doctor? Is there any other way of doing it? Yeah, there's a couple of other ways that you can do it. So um, in general, that's the way that I've mentioned um, is the way that most people go through. Some people go in, um, perhaps maybe don't get into medical school the first time that they've applied and they think about going down the biomedical science route um, and then following that might enter as a graduate entry student. 
at that point, then they enter medicine. And sometimes they actually can get on a course, which is slightly shorter than the five years. It's a four year course because they've already done three years of undergraduate. So they kind of go in as a bit of a master's student, really. And they get a slightly shorter transition to medicine. It's the same for nurses. They wouldn't ever be able to kind of become a senior nurse and then transition over directly to a doctor. It would be going back to university just because there are roles that are equally as important in the hospital. Our roles are just quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just need that extra bit of learning by going back to university to make sure that they are in the right position to be a doctor. And how is, uh, how is, how are you finding university? How do you find it? And uh, med school? Yeah, University of Med School, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was hard work. I was absolutely, I felt like I'd gone from a big fish in a small pond to a tiny fish in the ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're just surrounded by a lot of very intelligent people who it seems like it comes very easily to, but actually the bottom line is they all work really hard. Mm. Um, so it, it, was a, I mean, it was a massive year. I mean, it was at Birmingham University um, and there was about 400 students in each year. Um, so it was huge, but I loved it. Absolutely loved the sport aspect of med school, the academic aspect of med school. Um, there was, I'm not going to lie, there was really hard times. And sometimes I definitely nearly dropped out of med school because of the stress that it put me under. But I have to say, looking back, I'm so glad that I got myself together and continued with it because one, I, well, I definitely wouldn't be where I was today without completing the degree and believing in myself. Um, but also I just absolutely love my job and I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> so you actually, uh, you said that you're going into a, to be a GP uh, eventually. Um, obviously there's so many different routes uh, of being a doctor. So many different things, you know, uh, whether you're a surgeon, GP, uh, maybe you could describe some of the other uh, variations of being a doctor and why you chose to be a GP. Yeah, absolutely. So it is vast, really. There's a vast array of jobs that you can go into with medicine, which makes it quite quite good really because even if you end up doing a degree in medicine and you're not sure if the typical routes in medicine are for you you can carve your own pathway and do what's called a portfolio career so you can have your hands in a few pots in medicine and do a few different things so for instance I'm doing GP like you mentioned so that's um, following your foundation years which everyone has to do in the UK that's mandatory um, if you're coming through the UK education system for medical school After that, you've got a couple of options. You can have a year out where you do what's called locum, where you get a bit of experience in different departments, earn a bit more money and have a bit of flexibility because obviously you've had all this time studying. Some people just need a break. And for me, I needed that time to just decide which career path I went down. Um, So so this is after your first two years. Some people then may decide to go straight into a full training program such as obstetrics and gynae so that's um, gynecology and babies uh, or they may go straight into a pediatrics that's kids training program or choose some of the program stems and by program stems i mean these are little programs that then lead into other programs so for instance you may have a program that's about acute medicine and that might lead you down further to go towards a and e or anesthetics or intensive care or perhaps you might go down the surgical route where you have a couple of years as a surgical trainee and then you'd be able to become a surgical consultant uh, and registrar so there's honestly there's so many different paths and on top of that you've got radiology pathology microbiology uh, public health it honestly is vast so really it's quite a varied career in that once you're in it actually if you think just what people's usual opinion of a doctor is they work in a hospital if you realize that's not for you 
there's a lot of other options. Mm. So if you, you can sort of judge it based on your personality and what you find interesting, once you get into it, you can then say, okay, I'm going to go down this route or the other route. Like for instance, you mentioned you do uh, a bit with a rugby team. It's Worcester Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, Worcester Warriors, team doctor for the Worcester Warriors women, which I love. It's that great. is very cool. We're both rugby boys. So that's very Are you? Cool. Yeah. Oh, are you boys still playing? Yeah, I, well, I'm still playing. Julie uh, threatens to come back every Christmas, but he's never come back. <laughs> threatens to come back. Is it the fear of tearing an, an ACL or something that uh, worries uh, you? I'm, I just don't want to put Dan under the pressure of having to uh, try and outperform me after like uh, uh, Of course, it is high pressure, isn't it? <laughs> also, maybe the beers on the sideline are too much of a pull. <laughs> I think that's probably I it. might be there for those after usually. But... <laughs> so how that's did you... Oh, how sorry. Did... How did you get into that then? Because that's a pretty cool sort of side gig, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's really good. I absolutely love it. And it kind of just came out of a bit of luck, but also seeking opportunities. Um, I'd done a little bit of work experience there um, with the men's doctor, which was, I just emailed her on LinkedIn at the time um, and got a little experience there. And then I went on a couple of courses to do a sports medicine. One of my mates from one of these courses texted me and said, oh, Sarah, I think there's a job opening up near in Worcester. I've just seen it on Twitter for the women's team. I don't know if you're, you've seen it, but it might be something you want to apply for. And I was really admittedly junior at this point. Mm. Um, I just finished my F1 year. I didn't even have any thoughts that I would be able to get into sports med until after GP was complete. So I thought, Do you know what, what have I got to lose? I'll yeah, apply yeah. for it. I got the job. And here I am four seasons later, still working in and around the club. And the club has now progressed. We're now not called the Worcester Valkyries. We're now under the men's umbrellas, the Worcester Warriors. The medical team has just grown day by day. The actual rugby team and the, uh, from the director of rugby point of view and the coaches has grown. And it's just been a really exciting thing to be part of to kind of, because I'm growing in that career. As I said, I'm admittedly junior whilst the club's growing. Mm. So it's, been been quite an exciting opportunity really and I've had really good support from um peers and seniors who are working over at the men's club as well so I think that's one thing in medicine whatever you do you need to make sure you've got the right support around you and if you do like me kind of carve your own route in a way alongside what you're doing you need to make sure you've got that support because usual training programs you'll have a clinical supervisor which is relevant to your job you'll have an educational supervisor which oversees your training but in these kind of side hustles like my sports medicine you wouldn't necessarily have that unless you sort it out um, and really really organize that for yourself so I think that's super important in medicine that you always have appropriate and an appropriate place to practice safely and escalate any concerns to seniors so I've got a question every time I watch rugby or football and the doctor comes on they yeah. seem to get this magic sponge out and put it on the injury what is that and is it Are actually you doing anything about rugby and not football yeah both of them I see it <laughs> um as, as a, a rugby lover I'm definitely gonna say that's only on football um I don't know I'm, I'm not part of that crew have to say <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's time wasting or what, but I, I have to say I've never seen a physio at Worcester Warriors pull out the magic sponge, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the magic sponge. Like the magic spray as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. it's just waste so much time. It doesn't do anything, surely. I know, I don't know. I think the spray is quite good to like reattach tape and stuff like that if, if um, tapings come off. But who knows? If I find out, I'll let you know offline and then you can beat your rugby. <laughs> <laughs> great um so you've got you talked about this gym medic instagram that you that we actually reached out to you on um yeah. what's the sort of thought behind that and what are you sort of trying to achieve there 
so it kind of started early in my med career when I was an F1. I just basically changed my personal Instagram to the gym medic. I just had an idea of setting something like it up. Um, and I just felt like at the time I'd lost my work life balance uh, in my first year as an F1 and I needed something for a point of accountability basically to help me keep up my exercise, my well-being, self-care, etc. And that's where it started from. And it's kind of evolved slightly from there as my career's evolved. So now I talk a bit more about sports medicine, injury prevention for the masses. So anybody, any anyone that goes out for running, I've got stuff about injury prevention in running, how to glue activate to make sure that you're preventing injury. And it's kind of evolved down that route. And every time I ask people what they kind of want on it through polls, it kind of they kind of want a mixture between medicine, lifestyle, sport, and my own sport and sports and exercise medicine so it's kind of evolved to be part of that and I absolutely love doing it and over lockdown I've kind of gained the skill of video editing which is something that I wish I'd really started earlier because I love that side of things as you can tell I can talk (laughs) (laughs) so I love that side of things kind of yeah filming editing getting information out and just sharing knowledge because Sometimes I feel like we don't we only really touch the tip of the iceberg in, mm. in when I, especially in GP, you may only see, see a certain cohort of patients that might have medical problems, but actually by reaching out through Instagram, you may reach a completely different cohort of people mm. who may be fit and healthy already, but could do with a little bit of help of injury prevention or just knowledge about things like cervical screening, breast cancer screening, etc. And And by doing that Instagram, that's my aim, basically, to just share knowledge that for me as a medic might seem like it's a given, but for others, like people that work in other professions I don't know much about, um, it might be actually very, very helpful. No, that's really good. I mean, that <clears throat> that makes it a much more casual interaction. I mean, I know you're into doctors, it's, it's a lot of effort, really, isn't it? You've got to try and get an appointment and then get yourself in there. And, you know, I, th- I think particularly talking about uh, breast cancer and things like that, it makes it a lot more, a lot easier and a lot more accessible for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what would be an average day in the life of a GP? So in the life of the GP, um, it again varies, depends on what you're doing, but it, as, a, as a basic, you attend the surgery, there might be a morning meeting, um, then you would set up on the computers. Now it's changed slightly, so we're doing some more video consultations, but you may have a morning clinic which is filled with patients and you basically, apart from a sentence that's written on the, the reasoning behind why the patient's coming in, you don't really know much more about the problem you know about their history but it's, it's quite an exciting specialty I think because you know, if you really do never really know what's walking through the door because you may never have seen the person before so you do a clinic in the morning often and you may have a couple of hours for admin in the middle of the day and do a clinic in the afternoon um, some GPs have specialties so some GPs specialized in perhaps dermatology some specialise perhaps in minor operations. And so all these things you can be doing alongside the standard view of a GP. Mm. So again, even once you're in GP, it's quite versatile. How, how hard is it to see someone for 10 minutes and try and diagnose what is wrong with them? I, I'm amazed how doctors do that. It's, it's a skill. And when it's done well, it's absolutely incredible. I will never, <laughs> I will never say that I am up to that scratch yet because I think it takes 50 years as a GP to be really slick at it um and it really is a skill I think that's why there is quite a lot of burnout etc amongst doctors and sometimes GPs because of the footfall and the amount of people that you have to get through if you can imagine all these patients it's our job of course but all these patients offloading to us about not just the medical problem but other things in their lives and rightly so that's what we're there for 
if you've only got 10 minutes to deal with it and you don't maybe in some cases feel like you've really got to the crux of the problem, it can be quite frustrating. Um, and sometimes you have to call patients back, which is the right thing to do and see them for a little bit longer because the reality is some things don't take 10 minutes. Some things take a little bit longer. Mm. And I suppose what kind of personality do you need to be a GP? Obviously you need to be quite understanding, patient, you know, what else do you need to really sort of succeed in this area? So I think, as I mentioned before, there's lots of different types of doctors. So actually it can suit many different personalities. I think as a GP, it's good to be able to work with people um, and be able to communicate with people and understand how people work because people are very complicated. Um, And there can be lots of different factors amongst in, in in a patient really regarding how the medical problem that they've got is affecting them. They may come in with a medical problem, but actually as a GP, you need to be able to tease out that it's not just the medical problem that they've come in for. They've actually got other stuff going on at home that they want to discuss. So I think you've got to be quite empathetic. Mm. You've got to be quite understanding. Um, and also as a GP, especially, I think you are kind of a generalist. You need to know, it's called general practice, isn't it? You need yeah. to know a lot about quite a, a lot of stuff really. Um, and know, and be quite, risk aware that you make sure that patients go to the right place that they need to be seen i.e if they are really sick you send them to a and e and you just you don't think okay i can deal with this here because we're not mavericks we can't deal with everything in gp and it's really important you know when to escalate but i think the general characteristics you need to be as a doctor uh, compassionate kind um (laughs) able to withstand a lot i.e you need to be resilient but that can be learned um and also dedicated because ultimately like we've already mentioned the training program so long that you've got to, if you want to do it you've got to stick it out um i do have a, a quick question about um practicing as a as a general practitioner uh regarding mental health obviously recently over the last you know 10 20 years it's become a bigger and bigger issue and topic that we've brought up and it's obviously not a physical ailment that you can see in some people um how how is uh how have doctors changed to tackle tackle that side of things it's really difficult i think and i think over the years more and more doctors as they come through medical school school have been taught more and more about it and have become it's become much less taboo to discuss. However, there are still certain populations, unfortunately, that will not share their mental health struggles with us. Um, And I think the bottom line is, if you are struggling with mental health and you need to speak with a GP, you kind of need a GP that you feel you can open up to. And I always hope that I'm going to be that GP that people can talk to because I'm, I'm really like mental health is one of the things I'm interested in. And I'm I'm interested in looking after people, finding out about their mental health. And I always ask people how they are to kind of open the door for that conversation to be had. And I think more and more GPs are open to discuss it. I think in the past, it might be a Pandora's box that perhaps they didn't think they had time to open but nowadays we know that actually by being taking someone's mental health really seriously it can really decrease complications down the line whether that be linked with mental health or also linked with other medical problems because unfortunately those with mental health can actually not seek medical advice about medical ailments alongside the mental health so they can end up presenting with things such as cancers or medical conditions much further down the line than they may have already yeah by investing time in these people when they are struggling and they are asking for help or just opening opening the the conversation really we can really prevent those things so i think it it, it's in our best interest as gps to be open and honest in our discussions with people's mental health but 
I'm probably that's probably not everyone's opinion on mental health, um, but certainly I know it's mine. I, I, I think it's so important to talk about. No, thank you, thank you. Um, so, what would be some of the real positives um, that you get out of being a doctor? Um, I would say I love how active it is. It's always active. Like when you're a junior, you're on the wards in the hospitals. You charge around the ward. You're doing your jobs. Not really sitting down much. Um, you've got a really great community around you like a mess a doctor's mess which is kind of that has peers in i know one of the ones um in a local hospital has like a uh, um a, a ping pong table in so you can play table tennis in your lunch break <laughs> yeah it's like a really nice environment and, it, and it's quite a com- camaraderie um i think um the other reason i love it is because of its versatility i've always liked trying my hands at lots of different things and having quite a broad skill set and certainly medicine allows that in that especially being a GP, being a generalist, well, training to be a GP, you're able to be a generalist and, and kind of also have your hands in, okay, I'm doing a bit of sports med as well. Maybe in the future I might do a bit of expedition medicine. I'm running an Instagram. And it, it, give, it gives me a USP, like a unique selling point, I think, that actually has really, um, really kind of took the helm of my life and allowed me to explore loads of different avenues that without medicine, I don't think I would be exploring. Um, what sort of you sort of mentioned a few there but the opportunities you've got out of being in medicine and the future opportunities you could even go abroad right because they people around the world cry out for nhs doctors don't they for how well we're trained and and all of that so is there future opportunities you're sort of excited for yeah i think so i think lots of my friends actually moved abroad um some of them in new zealand australia a few of them are coming back now um, and have really thoroughly enjoyed being over there for such a long period of time um, I think the training in the UK is really good um, and it is, like you say, world renowned. Um, and we are, apart from the US, where I think you have to, well, you do have to take the US MLE, which is an extra exam to become a doctor over there. Um, there's many countries that will accept you as a doctor with the NHS credentials and your UK credentials as long as you can speak the language. So it, it, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to go abroad. I think looking forward, I think because of family and things like that, I, I, I'm denied about moving abroad with it, but I don't think I'd move abroad necessarily. But um, I think I might look into doing a bit of expedition medicine. So that's going abroad for a couple of weeks, a couple of months with a team that might be doing an expedition out there or being a, even like a team medic for, for the, the rugby, even when they go abroad doing things like that, because that also incorporates travel, which is one of my other loves into being a medic. And yeah, that, that would be super cool. Yeah. Next World Cup. Yeah, next although, World Cup. Although it's only France, but Lions Tour. <laughs> I know, I know. Do you know what? We're actually going on the Lions Tour next year. No, I, are you? Yeah. My boyfriend runs a page called Doctor in the Wild, and he does kind of like safari and um, like wildlife stuff alongside being a doctor. And so he's like, plan this trip around like the Cape Town, Botswana. And I'm like, oh, yeah. very jealous. I hope it goes ahead. <laughs> so, uh, so what would be some of the uh, less favorable things um in the industry i think certainly for me it's the shift pattern i'm a bit of a creature of habit um in that i love routine and i went to a boarding school literally every minute of every day was planned out i knew where i was meant to be activities when i was doing prep etc so i think the lack of that on certain jobs can be a real downside to medicine and it certainly was for me especially on jobs like a and e where often you're doing nights every two weeks, your body clock is like, what? Um, and you just don't really know what day it is, who you are. You can't remember the last time you exercised or ate a meal that wasn't <laughs> a day. 
So it, I think that that for me is the, one of the biggest downsides and hence why I've tailored my career to involve a career in GP mm. because that is mainly nine to five and then a bit of out of hours, but it's nowhere near as much as A&E. Um, but then some people would love the shift work because it fits in with their family life or their life at home. So it, it just depends on the doctor really if they see that as a negative. I think the other negative personally for me is that I take a lot of people's problems on as my own. And that's something through medicine that I've learned to kind of accept, listen to people's problems, try and help solve it, but give it back to them and move on. Because you can't, when you're seeing, say, well, as an actual GP, you might say, see 20 patients in a morning clinic. Imagine taking all those patients on for your own mental health. That could just be absolutely destructive. So I think that's where that I think is difficult, just distancing yourself enough from the patients that you don't make the problems your own. And How do you cope with that? Is it through exercise or, or just switching off? Or? Is it, is, uh, talking to your peers, I would assume, is probably... Yeah, I think definitely talking to peers. There's lots of support networks for doctors. But, but me, myself, it's definitely exercise, making sure I have holidays, which has obviously been difficult at the moment. Yeah. Um, I like Honestly, having a holiday booked, whether it's in England, whether it's a holiday from home or abroad, for me, I have like an end point. So it's like breaking the year up into segments. Um, so that helps. Exercise definitely helps. Making sure I keep myself fit and healthy and my cup filled helps but obviously i always talk about this in my videos like the balance of equilibrium will always shift and there'll be times where you feel like you are burnt out mm. and certainly i've just recently moved house and there's been a lot on i've been changing jobs so now i'm like right i need to really take out time for myself to make sure that i do stay well and happy um amongst this time because otherwise you can just end up being on a like a snowball effect can't you and you don't really recognize it so i think it's having you need to have self-awareness in medicine when you are struggling because ultimately we can't get burnt out because if we get burnt out then our empathy for patients goes and that's a really dangerous place to be mm. so i think definitely yourself has to come first and that can't be lost in whatever place in medicine that you're in and that can be really hard to keep so i think that's a negative and a positive in that yeah. you shouldn't lose it but it is a positive in that it can make you really think about yourself first so we like to talk a little bit about money on the show. Just we're going to give you some figures we found and see if they fit with yeah. um, your your findings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the average sort of salaries range from forty five to you know a hundred thousand, but it can completely vary according to what part of medicine you're in, where you work. But do those figures sort of sound right to you? Yeah, it, it really does vary because that is an average salary. So there's going to be some people, like you say, a lot below that, and some people a lot above that. Um, it, it depends whether you work in the NHS, whether you're working privately, whether you're a junior doctor. I think we started on about 28k. Mm. So that's after five years of med school, you start and however long you need, I think you start on a, a max of like 28k, depending on the jobs. But your jobs are generally banded, which means you get extra pay if you're working nights or days, etc. So it just depends on the job, the level of on calls, how senior you are and what extra work you're doing. If you're doing work in the private sector as well, your salary may go up. But I think that top banding that you've mentioned there is probably for a consultant with 20, 30 years experience who's okay. working in the NHS. So would you ever consider the private world? So I would, like, I would always say that I will work in the NHS in some capacity 100% because I think it's something that's brilliant and I would always want to work in it, um, it 100% because it's something that's been around for so long and it's just given so many people free healthcare that it's unbelievable. That's the bottom line, I think. I, I already do work a bit in the private sector in that my sport, sports meds is mm. private. So um, I, I kind of am in the private sector in that behalf. But I think going forward, yeah, I might look to have my own clinic 
or to have my or work in a clinic perhaps um just so that i can further my knowledge in kind of sports and exercise medicine and expedition medicine all that sort of stuff would be private so i think it's really important to have a, a steady job and the nhs certainly would provide that and would provide me with my kind of gp gp fix that i need to to kind of be in the nhs but also i do bits on the side i think and then i think as well broad uh, particularly in the us it can go up quite a lot more as well can't it yeah i think insurance also goes up quite a lot more well, yeah. Yeah, um, as well but I, I think i'm not sure about the us but certainly the exams to get into the us are very very difficult and um, as far as i'm aware but they are doable if you work hard and um, so i think that is reflected in salaries over there a lot of the work because of the way the healthcare systems run i believe is basically private so yeah. it, it, you get a lot more money okay and uh what would be something that was not in the job description that you've uh, discovered whilst working oh not in the job description that's yes. a question what is not in the job description that oh, it could have been you went into it and didn't realize how many years at university that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's so true um that's a rabbit hole <laughs> on the spot here. i think i don't think i realized how much common sense <laughs> it can be applied in medicine. I kind of went into it thinking it was all science, really. Mm. And I think actually I was going to go to drama school or med school, which is a very, very different, but very similar. And I, th I think actually it's given me a lot of skills that have helped in medicine, having that ability to communicate with patients, because actually a lot of complaints in medicine aren't necessarily due to inappropriate care. It's actually due to communication. So I don't think I realized how much communication was super important in the career in medicine so and there are obviously some areas of medicine that you don't need to be able to communicate as well um but equally you're working with colleagues anyway so i think that's something that i i kind of took for granted at med school like i always really enjoyed the oski sessions which are your kind of like uh, practical sessions and all the communication stuff because it's something that i love doing but i certainly saw colleagues who weren't really prepared for that who found it like oh gosh I didn't realize this. And though there are a lot of doctors, perhaps, that don't have the best communication skills, I think that's something that people, if they are looking to be in a career in medicine, if they can start developing those, that will lead them in really good stead. Mm. How does somebody start to progress? So obviously there's a lot of exams and there's a lot of placements yeah. you talked about, but professionally, I mean, you're working with Worcester Warriors and you've got your gym medic page. Is that all part of sort of building up a brand and building up sort of awareness of what you're doing? And is that how you do it? Yeah, I think so. I like, I, I'm, re I'm really glad I started the gym medic about four years ago because I think the brand is strong. I think it's a strong brand name and I'm really, really happy with it. And certainly my sports med is kind of all under my business, like via the gym medic. Um, and I think it is about that. Like I've, I've always done lots of volunteering in sport and just to kind of broaden my horizons because if you don't just say yes to things and say, oh yeah, do you know what? I'll try that. I'll try that alongside medicine. You won't know what you actually love. And I could have ended up in a job that in medicine I really didn't like. And I just would never have forgiven myself. So I'm so glad that I've kind of put myself out there a bit mm. and just gone taken risks and applied to things that I possibly wasn't good enough at the time to have got and actually got them because now it's allowed me to grow as a clinician. And it gives me a set of skills now in GP, like everyone's excited that I've worked, um, even though I'm, I'm super junior and I always say that I've only been a doctor for four years, but it allows me to have like a maybe a little bit more niche set of skills already i.e sport and exercise medicine which i'm still learning with but certainly gps that don't have uh, and colleagues that don't have much um kind of insight into that area often come to me and ask about it so it's quite nice to have that alongside 
the other stuff like the gym medic because I'm always at work talking to people about sports and exercise anyone that asks I will talk at them and with them about because <laughs> I think it, it a lot of people in medicine don't look after themselves very well unfortunately mm. um that is possibly a generalization but there is a certain cohort because of the shift work so like I always make it my my mission if someone brings it up to kind of educate and talk to them in a non-judgmental way and just share my kind of thoughts that I share on the gym medic and just try and motivate because it also motivates me motivating others motivates you it's like a yeah yeah helping others can yeah really give you a boost can't it so would you still go into the industry knowing what you know now yeah 100 percent. actually I know I pause but 100 percent, I would um (laughs) and I think I don't think I would have done a different route either. I think I would have stuck with a route that I'd, I've gone down. I was umming and ahhing about going down the A&E route, which is acute and it's very, like it's a very long training program. But I think I would have got, but honestly, I think I would have got burnt out if I'd done that program. So I'm yeah. really glad I've gone down the GP route because it's, it's something that I love anyway. And it is a bit more manageable with ma- like kind of managing all these other things that I'd like to do. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd definitely go into medicine. And looking back, would I have gone to drama school? Uh, I still to this day I do wonder, <laughs> I do think oh should I have done it but I, I, I just know I remember when I was younger I was much wiser when I was younger honestly I, <laughs> I think we all were um, no, um, I, I said something like I can do I can't do drama and medicine but I can do medicine and drama so yeah, I, totally yeah totally true. true and I think I, I'm really glad that I was back in the day wise because <laughs> <laughs> I've made that good decision now. I don't know because I do love it, but I think for me, I love science more. So that's that sounds really lame, but as in, I love medicine more. So yeah, brilliant. Well, I've really, really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank uh, you. And uh, where can people find you on social media? So I'm over at the Gym Medic on Instagram and Twitter as well. And also you can find me at www.thegymedic.com where I blog and my vlogs are up there too. Brilliant. Thank you very much. We will tag you in an Instagram post and put some links up for you as well. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Brilliant. Cheers. It's Thanks, been an absolutely Sarah. amazing talking to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.